This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get things going on a Thursday. It is a Calgary Flames game day once again in St. Louis. This is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Logan Gordon along with you for the next two hours. Our outstanding production duo of Cam and Taylor in the other room. Good morning. It's noon. It is afternoon, Cam. Still morning. It is afternoon. Alex Brody from Brody on the Beats hanging out. What else is new? What else is new? Uh, an outstanding version of Brody on the Beat today as well. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was well done. If you missed that, uh, check out the big show with Russick and Rose, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, very uh, fun edition of Brody on the Beat by our own Alex Brody. Uh, coming up on the program today... We'll obviously get you set for the Flames and the Blues. Calgary looking to pick up their first win on this road trip after dropping losses, both by a 4-3 count in overtime in Chicago and in St. Louis to start off the road trip. It's a Thursday. We took a little bit of a break during uh, holiday season, but uh, Adnan Verk is back on the Sportsnet 960 Airwaves this afternoon. We'll chat uh, some NHL, some NFL with him, talk about the Carlos Correa situation in Major League Baseball free agency, maybe even some Golden Globe reactions from Adnan Verk, and uh, we'll take a look at the St. Louis Blues as well today, but we'll kick off the program like we always do here on the show. It's by uh, going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcoming in our Flames insider and the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. It is Peter Labardius. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows that your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good Thursday afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? Uh, good Thursday back to you, my friend. Good to uh, chat with you again today. And we're uh, back at it again in St. Louis. Flames and Blues for the second straight game. And... Looks as though, by all accounts, uh, from our own Eric Francis uh, of Sportsnet, uh, the Flames will go with the same lineup that fell to these Blues 4-3 in overtime on Tuesday, with the only exception expected, Lou, that Dan Vladar will get the start over Jacob Markstrom. I don't think there's any surprise about that. Uh, I didn't really expect anything different myself. Uh, Vladar continues to play very, very well and certainly deserves to get another opportunity. His last couple of outings have been excellent. There have been very few, in fact, that have not gone incredibly well. He did a wonderful job a couple of games ago in relief in Chicago to, to start the trip and give his team an opportunity to bounce back from 3-1 down. So not surprised that he would get the call tonight and also um, thought that they would very much likely stay with 
the same group and, and the same groupings going in tonight. It's interesting, Logan, you almost need um, a full day sometimes to just get past the frustration and look back at the game, you know, in a better way. Now, is it acceptable to let a 3-1 third period lead go? No. But that did not take away from the fact that there was lots of things and several players to like. There just needs to be more of them. And the big difference for me tonight, and uh, we'll continue to dig into it, is the Flames on defense. And with the forward groups, they need more out of some forward groups and maybe just a little bit more out of some of their key guys on the back. Speaking of the forward group, it's something that Daryl Sutter mentioned in his media availability this morning in St. Louis, talking about you know some of those specific guys, Lou, that they're looking for more from offensively, and you know still that same mentality that this is a group that's going to need scoring throughout their lineup. It's a bit of a longer clip, but here's Daryl on getting some key guys going offensively and who they need more from as this trip continues in St. Louis. Well, for the most for the most part, other than you know, hey, you want. Manage and Johnny to, to be more productive offensively, right? And to do that, then they got to complete their whole game because you got to have the puck to do that. Those things, right? Otherwise, you're doing a lot of work for to get it back. So that's those, you know, the way our lines are. And there's not, you know, we, we've moved. We talked about this. Day, we moved Jonathan all over, right? But I think it's a good fit. It, it is a good fit with Naz, and it's got Luch going again to play there. So, so then you need. You know, like Lindy's line hasn't been good as good on this trip. If you look at it, so we need Lindy and Ty and and uh, Dylan to get going again. So it's it's got to be through our lineup. We're not like top heavy or or bottomed out. Like it's got to be right through our lineup, the structure and the and the ability to finish. So there is absolutely no question about it, and I'm not surprised to hear him talk about Elias's line. They were fabulous on the last trip, the one prior to Christmas that went through California. And, you know, in many ways, for sure, was the best group. And to me, in the first two games of this trip, they've probably been number three of three. And not just because they haven't scored. um, They have difficult responsibilities. And, you know, they saw a lot of the Domi line in Chicago and they saw a very good chunk of the line featuring Robert Thomas and Buchnevich and Jordan Cairo, which is a big, big storyline coming into tonight. And they need to do a better job. And as always, Logan, it will never change, and my assessment will never change. And that is, A, you need more offensively, and that really starts with your ability to get in on the forecheck and hem the other group in their zone, and that's the greatest way to limit good people. And against the St. Louis team, you know, there should be some opportunities for you against a ravaged blue line that looks like it will be exactly the same as it was in game one of this little mini-series. Yeah, we talked about that going back to Tuesday, that the injuries leading to the inexperienced lineup for the Blues and the Flames being harder on those 
young defenseman with not as much experience, Lou, is going to be a major important factor for this Flames team. And, you know, going back to Tuesday, again, I thought the Coleman line was one line that did that. But as you heard from Daryl there, you know, have the top guys, have that Lindholm line been tough enough on this trip or tough enough even going back to Tuesday? No, and you don't have to go very far talking about the Flames and knowing what this team is and isn't when Elias Lindholm and his liners at their best. Well, the thing about this group, and it's even reflected in the fact that um, off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact numbers, but, but the Flames, you know, are near and at the top of the league in terms of, you know, the amount of goals they get throughout their lineup. And so this is a team that absolutely has to be a collective group when it comes to pitching in. And on this trip, there has been one line that has stood out among the rest. I, I haven't been really disappointed with the Cadre group either. I mean, they've generated a lot. I like them to give up a little less in terms of chances at times, but you know, so the focus really for me again goes on that particular group. And, you know, I even speculated yesterday. It makes me wonder um, a little about Elias's health just because I just haven't seen that extra pop. But I also know him well enough to know that he will have, uh, you know, heard the message loud and clear. And there's no doubt he will have his best game of the trip and you know it's a group that's fallen off a little bit you take a look at dylan dubé who doesn't have a point in five now and a goal in eight and when that group was going really well he was a massive part of driving it with his speed getting in on the four check and making things happen so yes it's elias's line and you know, he and Tyler were excellent on the power play in game one against Chicago, but that group needs to have a more sustained presence in the offensive zone going forward in this trip, I think, for the Flames to, to come home with the number of points that they'd like to have. A line that uh, had sustained pressure for the Blues going back to Tuesday, Lou, was the Robert Thomas line. They uh, do the most damage against the Flames once again. Uh, in both of these wins against the Flames, Kairou and Thomas have frequented uh, the score sheet and have been a problem for this team to contain. Uh, it's a message that Daryl Sutter tried to get through to his group on Tuesday and will try to uh, reinforce today as he spoke about what makes that line so dangerous for St. Louis and how his team is going to try to contain them a little bit better in tonight's matchup. Well, if you just want to specifically just watch the game again and uh, you know, the goal they score is, is uh, you know, we get the puck in the middle and turn it over and then, then we don't check properly. So we turn the puck over, Centerman does, and then we don't check properly. So that gives, you know, that's a high end line. Those two kids are that's top end in this division, those two guys. So you better be on top of them. Well, it's it's a line that connected for eight points the other night. They scored the overtime winner. Uh, you know, and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo going back to their junior days. These these are elite people. You know, these are world junior gold medalists. They both had career seasons. 
You know, Thomas had 77 points last season. Jordan Cairo had 75. So, you know, they've gone in St. Louis, Logan, from being the younger guys trying to find their way to, in many ways for this group offensively, being the guys. And they've had some ups and downs because there's a lot that goes hand in hand with extra minutes, the attention you receive, um, your ability to check other people's best people, especially on the road where you cannot get, you know, the proper line matchups. And so your forwards have to do an excellent job. You have to track well back through the middle of the ice to take away rush opportunities because they're a very dangerous line on the rush. And don't forget about Buchnevich either, who's been a terrific add the last couple of years for this group. And he's riding a six-game point streak in which he has nine points during that stretch. So, yes. Craig Berube has the last change again, and we'll have an opportunity to probably try to get them out there once again against either the Lindholm line or the Kadri line and probably keep them away the best he can from the Backlund line. But when you're on the road, more important, and it's more important even when you're at home, is the matchups you get with your defense. And I I think, again, you know, we talked about the Lindholm line. Well, the pairing of Hannafin and Anderson on the last trip and up until the start of this trip had been elite. You know, they went through that trip to California and came home at plus 18 in four games, which is staggering. And I know that's not a stat for everybody and maybe not a stat for almost anybody, but it is for me still and maybe more so you know, it's it's a group of five, so it's I take it with some grain of salt, but they're not off to a good start, those two guys in particular. So they'll need to up the ante, especially when they're matched against that particular line. And I don't know if we have it ready, but, you know, I, I asked the gentleman who's an assistant coach and responsible for the defensive corps, Ryan Huska, just about – those two where their game is at and you know how he's feeling about the way they're playing right now uh, not for me when you want to be a pair that is considered an elite pair not for me they have to be ready to play in situations where they're playing heavy minutes in situations where they're playing back to back and they have to take it upon themselves to make sure they're ready for that challenge so you can talk all you want about being an elite pair but those elite pairs can handle whatever gets thrown at them. And that's where Raz and Noah can work too. And they're still working to it. So we're continuing to work with them, um, making sure they understand how to play with the extra minutes to make sure they're prepared the next day. And for young guys, a lot of it is preparation loop, making sure you do the right things throughout the morning and into the afternoon to set yourself up to have success at night. So um, they're learning. They're going to keep getting better. And the one beauty about both those guys is they want to be considered an elite pair in the league. And in order to do that, they have to show that they can handle all different situations and play against lines like the Thomas line. As usual, a tremendous breakdown from Ryan Huska. I just, I, I can't enjoy our visits more when we have them because I just, I learn a lot. And as you heard in the clip, just a straightforward 
perspective. And, and the one thing I didn't add going into the clip, which is why he started at Logan the way he did, is I, I asked him if, you know, the extra minutes for that group this year, the extra even more responsibility at times against top people was starting to add up along with the fact that, you know, here we are in the middle of January almost, and is it a bit of the dog days? And you heard his response. No, no, it's not that. And it can't be that if you want to be looked at and continued to be looked at as an elite pairing. So, um, you know, the Flames group on the back end will have to be better as a whole, and, and I would suggest if, you know, Anderson and Hannafin are at the top of their game tonight, I like the Flames' chances of taking three out of four points in this uh, two-game mini set. We talked about it a bit yesterday on the show, but these, uh, you know, two-game sets in one location, Lou, are something that's come out of, you know, the COVID seasons that we've had, reducing travel and wear and tear on some of the teams as the season goes on, but it also creates an interesting strategy component to it. And how do you approach these two games? Excuse me, if you're you know, a head coach in Daryl Sutter or Craig Berube, do you change things up from what you were trying to do on Tuesday? Hearing from both coaches this morning, sounds as though both of them are in the camp of game plan pretty much stays the same. It's just executing it better. And I think that's a point you'd probably agree on, especially from the Flames side of things. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would agree. Uh, there's always, you know, little changes you can make. Uh, you might see some things on special teams, whether you want to be more aggressive, more passive. Um, you can certainly make some adjustments in terms of, of your forecheck, you know, in their zone and almost more importantly, most of the time in the neutral zone, Um you know, if you want to go to a more of a con- controlled breakout, but most of the time, or defend a, how you defend a controlled breakout, pardon me, but most of the time it is about execution in these situations and which group tonight is going to up the ante and who's going to do a better job in the game, whether it wasn't your best night or how you contend with people who had really good nights. It's It's always... It's always the way the playoffs work, and it's not really that much difference in a mini series like this. And there's lots of implications because, there's, as you know, Logan, looking at the standings, not a lot separating these two groups. No, it's a massive one points-wise when you look at it for both of these teams heading into tonight's game. It's another 6 p.m. start uh, from St. Louis. Flames and Blues. Lou will be on the Flames warm-up. With Pat at 5 o'clock tonight here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. And before I let you go here, Lou, I didn't bring it up in our notes, but I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, It's going to be a special night tonight in Montreal. The Preds and the Habs. Not uh, a big game in the standings, given where Montreal is, but they will be honoring P.K. Subban, who uh, announced his retirement this offseason. He spent a lot of time in Montreal, meant a lot there, was part of that massive trade with Shea Weber that you know, affected both franchises for a very long time. What do you think of when you think of P.K. Subban's career and what it'll mean for him to return to Montreal tonight? Well, lots of things, Logan. Uh, Certainly, um, 
he had the one massive season in Montreal and in the shortened season, um, the years start to slide by, but I think that was 2012, 2013 or 2013, 2014. Um, yeah, he's the, the neatest thing about him. And yet, you know, as time has gone on, he has a very gregarious personality. I've shared the story. I'll share it quickly again. Um, I didn't think he would know me from a police lineup. He was a 16 year old (laughs) playing in Belleville with the bulls. And I was there on a trip with league commissioners, David branch watching Belleville in Saginaw. And I'm walking past the room at the end of warmup. And here's this young guy, PK yelling at me, Hey, Mr. Labardius, what the hell are you doing here today? So, that is literally my first memory of him. Um, he was an amazing player for Canada in the 09 World Junior. Um, but really, you know, his play on the ice was a lot like his personality. Flamboyant, gregarious, flew around, was easily understandable as to why he was a great fan favorite for the time that he spent in Montreal. So, I know he will appreciate it greatly. Um, he's done a lot of good things for the sport in terms of inclusion and awareness. And that's always fabulous when you can help grow, I think, the greatest game on planet Earth. So um, that's that's my P.K. Subban story and stories. Uh, appreciate it, Lou. Thanks for the time, as always, sir. Have yourself a great call tonight and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. We'll break it down tomorrow, and we'll get into a little uh, what does Lou say on a Friday. Awesome. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Peter Labardius, color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. He's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows that your home renovations, Alex, they should be uh, you know a part of who you are and what you do. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. They're now offering air miles, reward miles. Lou joins us every single day to kick off the program here on Sportsnet today. And a quick reminder, what does Lou say coming up on a Friday? Brought to you by our friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse. Want to win a pair of lower bowl tickets to an upcoming Flames game and a $200 gift card to Roost Chris Steakhouse. All you have to do, head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to the contest tab. Go to what does Lou say? Ask Lou a question, and if we answer that question on a Friday, you could be the next winner of two lower bowl tickets to a Flames game and a $200 gift card to Bruce Chris Steakhouse. We'll continue breaking down the Blues and the Flames next. We'll hear from both head coaches, Daryl Sutter and Craig Berube, as the Flames and Blues get set for their second game of this two-game set, third game on the road trip for the Calgary Flames. We're breaking it down more next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It is Sportsnet Today on a Flames game day. Flames and Blues for the third time this season. Blues 2-0 against the Flames and have won four straight dating back to January 27th, 2022. Blues have had the Flames number in their last four games. 4-0 record, scoring an average five goals a game. They got a plus 10 goal differential. Blues are also up to eight of nine games 
uh, winning against the Flames dating back to 2018. So the Flames looking to flip that narrative tonight. Dan Vladar, your expected starter for the Calgary Flames. Blues will also change things up in net after going with Jordan Bennington in the win on Tuesday. Thomas Grice expected to get the start. No lineup changes outside of the goaltenders expected for the Calgary Flames. 5 o'clock, Flames warm-up starts with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. Another 6 o'clock puck drop. Derek Wills and Lou on the call right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan, a quick reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet 960, 960-960. Questions, comments, queries, whatever you have. Uh, We'll get to some of your texts as the show continues. Uh, But getting you set for tonight's matchup, let's head to St. Louis and hear from both head coaches ahead of tonight's matchup. We'll start with the Flames head coach, Daryl Sutter. Lots to get to with Daryl on today's matchup, including slowing down the Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo line. They have been major pieces of St. Louis wins uh, in both matchups this season. They'll need to do a better job against that line if they want to pick up a win tonight. Here's Flames head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media from St. Louis ahead of tonight's matchup. What, uh, what if anything, changes in terms of preparation when you're playing a team uh, two games in a row like this? Well, you're not changing your game plan much. I think it's just more of the execution, and it's no different than after the game the other night. Our, you know, our top end's got to be a little bit better. On that note of execution, you mentioned the Thomas line and you want your guys to handle them better. What needs to be better for your group tonight against them? Well, if you just want to just watch the game again and uh, you know, the goal they score is, is uh, you know, we get the puck in the middle and turn it over. And then then we don't check properly. So we turn the puck over, centerman does, and then we don't check properly. So that gives, you know, that's a high-end line. Those two kids are... That's top end in this division, those two guys, so you better be on top of them. Yeah, there's an obscure stat out there. you got 12 guys with six goals or more. It's it's leading the league. Well, you're right there with Washington. What is that? Obviously, it speaks to your depth. Is that a reason why you guys have been able to hang around in a playoff spot? That's, why we're, that's really the biggest reason we are. Yeah. Right? We're not get, there's not enough at the top end. That's for sure. I mean, you look at teams that have got 20 goal scorers already. So, and it's not our certainly our defense is right up there in terms of league in terms of scoring, and our and our team defense is right in the middle, which you know you, I want you know I keep pushing Harpen and get on the first page, get in top. You got to be in the top five in the conference, which we're we're doing a good job of that. So then it just breaks out into scoring the big goals like you asked in the game the other night. Five and five, we're as good as there is, but when it comes to the where the best players are on the ice. The difference. And are you anticipating that change and that these high end guys will eventually be more productive? Well, for the most for the most part, other than you know, hey, you want Manj and Johnny to, to be more productive offensively, right? And to do that then they gotta complete their whole game. Because you gotta have the puck to do that, those things, right? Otherwise you're doing a lot of work for to get it back. So that's those you know, the way our lines are and there's not you know, we we've moved We've talked about this. We moved Jonathan all over, right? But I think it's a good fit. It, it is a good fit with Naz, and it's got Luch going again to play there. So, so then you need, you know, like Lindy's line hasn't been good as good on this trip. If you look at it, so we need Lindy and Ty and 
and uh, Dylan to get going again. So it's it's got to be through our lineup. We're not like top heavy or or bottomed out. Like it's got to be right through our lineup, the structure and the and the ability to finish. When you talk about structure, how's Huberto's defensive game been? I think he's a very smart player. Like he sees the game and, and recognizes situations and all that. I think it's just probably more puck management with him than anything. And same with Andrew in terms of you mentioned uh, the other night about good to see him get one, but yeah. see his play on the other parts. Uh, yeah, I think you know what it's it's there's a hole with Manj. Nobody works harder. Nobody tries to do more than Manj, right? But it's the whole the year part of it, right? So he's you know it's a contract thing last summer, and then he's hurt, misses training camp. Uh, not really comfortable even when he come back for a few games and then gets behind the eight ball a little bit because he cares about it and wants to be a really productive guy and gets you know gets that part of his the mental part on him a little bit and then so he's good he's got to play his way out of it like he's got to trust himself and we've played him lots and just go from there have you seen progress there yeah well, you just asked the other night you just said that he you know what the line is the line has gotten lots of opportunities they gotta finish. Right? But that's partly on you look also I think it's really important for the development of our of our team, not just last year, this year going forward, is these young guys. So what we've tried to do is put a a uh, you know like managers playing with, with Michael and Blake. So manage a young guy that's their responsibility too to bring him along. Uh, Lindy and Ty are playing with Dylan, bring Dylan along. So that means you got to be productive, right? So we wanted the young guy, Daz, now that Johnny's there, but Luch is the guy that stepped up played there. So, you know, and then you look at hey, Rosie and, and uh, even now with, with uh, Walker playing instead of Brett, right? So you, know, you got to keep putting them guys in there. And, and then they got to produce. There you go. Daryl Sider speaking to the media in St. Louis, the head of the Flames and the Blues. A little bit on the Robert Thomas line, needing more from some of their key players. He mentions Jonathan Huberto and Andrew Mangiapane as guys that they're looking for more from offensively and a bit on, you know, bringing some of the young players along that are in the lineup, not getting too much into some of the players that maybe aren't in the lineup right now. Main one being Jacob Pelche, but uh, Walker Dewar in there, Dylan Dubé, a guy that he's mentioned. We'll uh, see how the Flames Come out tonight uh, after blowing that 3-1 lead on Tuesday. On the other side, uh, Craig Berube, the former Calgary Flame, ready to go again tonight against this Flames team. His Blues uh, still pretty banged up. Sounds as though they'll run with the same lineup that they had on Tuesday as well. Only difference, Thomas Grice gets the start in goal. He's expecting another tough outing against the Calgary Flames. Here is Blues head coach Craig Berube from earlier today. Craig, I was in there talking a little bit to neighbors about getting a chance to jump on that power play and improving there against Minnesota. How's, how's he look to you so far? Good. I mean, he's played a lot of power play in his career, like in junior and stuff. He's a, um, been a power play guy, you know, around the net, and he probably used in different fashions. But, um, you know, he, he looks pretty comfortable with me out there. You, you moved him around in a couple different spots there, but you just like his presence maybe at that net front too? Yeah, I do like that more than anything. I think um, that's where he's probably most effective is around that net. He um, he does a good job of being in the lane as, as the shot's coming, tipping pucks, and competitive around there. How much do you 
51 sod. And puck recovery, sorry. Like, you know, it's key for that net front guy to recover pucks, and he's pretty strong on the puck. How much do you want sod, Barbashev, and neighbors just kind of rotating in different spots in the puck? Yeah, they'll move around. You know, they're not going to just stand still and, you know, play their position the whole time. I think there's going to be a lot of movement with those three guys. So I have no problem with it at all. Chief, you, you, just in general, do you like what you've seen lately from neighbors? It seems like every game he's getting a chance or two offensively. Yeah, I drove wide yesterday and took that puck to the net. I really like that move. And like you said, he's all most of his chances are around the net. Um, I mean, he's getting some looks because he goes to the net. He's, you know, he's always driving there and he's around that net. And, um, you know, the, um, he's getting some, getting some pretty good looks, which is good. This season, you've been kind of trying to get that rhythm where you maintain it. Is this the best chance by being at home here for these two weeks to have you get into some kind of group here? Best opportunity? It can be. Uh, you know, that's nobody knows, right? I mean, we've had we've had a pretty good groove on the road uh, for some stretches too. So, I think um, it's just about being at home here and playing the same way that we do on the road. I don't think we need to complicate the game at home because we're at home or make it a, a fancy game. Yeah, we have skilled guys that can make plays and do the job, but overall, just playing a good team game, smart game at home will give us the best chance to be successful at home and go on a run. We talked earlier about Thomas, Kyra, both kind of maybe having some pressure on them signing the big deals. Do you think they had to get over a home for a hurdle there where that's now not a factor? Um, yeah, probably at some point they probably felt like, you know, they have to go out and prove themselves with the contracts. I mean, I think every player probably goes through that. That sign's a big deal, uh, but I don't feel like that's an issue. If it was an issue, uh, I'm not sure, but I don't feel it's an issue now. What's the biggest improvement you're seeing right now from Cairo? Even going back to last season, when he obviously had a pretty good year, but even you know coming into this year, what's the um, I think just more... Um, when he doesn't have the puck, his checking side of things of getting on getting on top of people and checking them with his feet and and you know stick and things like that, doing a better job there for sure. Just in the battles, harder in the battles, competitive in the battles. You know, like I think you're, he's going to get checked. He's going to have people on him, and it's about what he's what he does then in those situations that are critical. Because when he's got space and time, he's going to do his thing uh, with his speed and skill. But when he's being checked, you know, what are you doing then? And for me, um, he's a lot stronger on pucks and more competitive in those situations and making a better play or keep hanging on to the puck. You know, those are the things that I see the improvement with him. I know you're not thinking about the standings, but with the win, you could be in a wild card. <coughs> I asked Robert Thomas about, about that, and he said we had to have that clawing mentality. How much can you appreciate that, you know, a couple weeks ago they weren't trying to get eight points in a night, they were trying to... Yeah, you have to. You can't look too far ahead. You just got to take it game by game. And, you know, this is the most important game, obviously. And just that's what you focus on. They've done a good job of it. I mean, that's how, that's how you have to claw your what you That's how you get yourself back into the race. And um, we've definitely done that. So we have another opportunity tonight to uh, leapfrog a team that's ahead of us. And that's what we got to focus on. Be better against this team coming into tonight. Uh, any specific areas you'd like to see? Improve? Well, like I guess I thought in the first two periods we just weren't skating and on top of them enough. We gave them too much time and space out there. I thought they they carried the puck out of their zone too easily and through the neutral zone into our zone um, with numbers. And I think that that's the most important thing tonight is 
coming out of the offensive zone, doing a better job of getting above people and checking them and, and forcing them to make bad puck plays or dump more pucks in. You know, we didn't, I didn't think we did a good enough job of that. Chief, you got a special guest with Maple Wish. Charlie's here. How, how much do you enjoy getting that? I thought it was a great time uh, with Charlie. Um, great person. I think he really enjoyed himself. And uh, as myself and the coaching staff and the team, uh, we had a great time. We love it. You know, to bring him in, he's, he's a hockey player, played uh, goalie. Now he coaches. So for him to be able to come in our room and see how we run things and how we do things and for him to go on the ice and take a few shots for some NHL players, uh, you know, hopefully I think Charlie had a great time and it's a dream. And uh, like I said, we really enjoy that and we loved him. He was a great guy. Craig, uh, yeah, you got, looks like you have Lebo in for Walker, just a uh, reason for the switch. And, and what in general have you seen? Uh, I think he's been a good player. I mean, uh, he's been in and out, um, but he's provided offense for us and um, some real good play in the offenses. Don't zone down low, good wall battle play, and um, he has the capability of he gets scoring chances every game, and that's what's intriguing. Now, now would I like him to go in more? Yep, and I'm sure he would too. But he le- he gets he gets a couple chances every game, which is good. Um, the line comment, I mean, the switching of the players. I want to keep everybody playing. You know, I think it's important. We have uh, a couple extra guys, and I want to keep them involved and keep them playing. They've done a good job for us. They're, you know, when they go in, they provide energy. It's a, just a little different of a player. So. Um, that's kind of why. There's no real reason. Like Nathan Walker didn't do anything to come out of the lineup. He played a couple games for us, did a good job. It's the same as with Lebo when he came out. So it's just you want to keep guys playing. But uh, Lebo provides a little more offense for sure. That's okay. Craig, when you look around, the scoring is still up. Any reason why you feel like that's the case? Um, I think it's an offensive league. I think, you know, there's a lot of power plays, right? Power plays are clicking at a high percentage for sure. That's going to drive scoring up. Um, there's plenty of penalties every night. Um, I think it's just more of an offensive league. I think, you know, like there's more teams that are doing things offensively than there has been in the past. I'm, you know, trying to score goals. You have to play good defense, but you got to score goals. That is Blues head coach Craig Berube, former Flame Craig Berube as well. His team getting set to take on the Flames. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they've had a lot of success against this Flames team. Going back to 2018, Blues have won 8 of 9 against this Flames team. Thomas Grice gets the start for St. Louis. Same lineups expected for both teams, just expecting changes in net. Uh, expecting Dan Vladar to go for the Calgary Flames. A lot of people... Uh, wondering if Jacob Pelche would make his NHL debut tonight. Doesn't appear that'll be the case. Still expecting Walker Dewar on that fourth line with Adam Ruzichka and Trevor Lewis. A couple other players spoke to the media today from the Calgary side of things, including Michael Backlund. Uh, his line's been fantastic with Coleman and Mangiapane of late. Uh, they're looking to keep that streak going uh, tonight against St. Louis. At him. I mean, what about um, you know for you? Do you like that? Like the idea of coming back here against the same group here tonight? Yeah, uh, it's a big game for us. Uh, they're right behind us in the standings, and uh, yeah, we lost twice from now, and it's time we get some revenge and beat them tonight. Um, it's gonna be a exciting game. Uh, it always brings a little extra when you, like you said, play a team back to back. 
especially if you lost, you want to come out and show that you're better. So, um, yeah, we're excited for the game. Uh, she has some good in- intensity and energy. Well, knowing that, um, you know, there, there was a lot of good things to like in terms of your game, you know, through most of that. But, you know, are there just subtle corrections, little, like, you, know, you know, small things for your group to focus on here tonight? Yeah, and also, you know, we've done it before. We know how to play with leads. So we got to just get back to that and play by the third period. Um, yeah, but, yeah, we talked about a few things this morning, and I'm sure. I'm sure they did the same thing, talked about what they got to do better. So um, it'll probably come down to wants it more tonight. We've talked about your line and how you know good you guys have been consistently, but to see a little bit of reward for some of the work. I know there was a shift earlier that how kind of set up the momentum for the Kadri to Lucic goal, and then you guys find a couple. I mean, is that you know nice to be rewarded for some of the work that you guys have been putting in here? Yeah, no, it's always fun to score and help the team uh, scoring. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like our Lions had a lot of chances, some really good chances. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to see them going in and uh, help the team um, yeah, score goals. Michael Backlund, uh, the Calgary Flames, getting set for tonight's matchup against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, again, expecting no roster changes for the Flames heading into this one. Blues will go with that same lineup. No Tarasenko, no O'Reilly. Uh, Nick Letty, Tori Krug among the uh, injured defenders for the Blues. So another shorthanded group. Didn't seem to matter on Tuesday, though. The Flames will need to uh, bring a better effort. And one of the big things for this Flames team and uh, part of our stat pack for uh, tonight's game against the Blues, uh, blown leads have been a massive problem for this team. Going back to Tuesday, uh, Flames have an NHL high 24 blown leads this season, regardless of the outcome in the game and they've lost 13 of those games via a blown lead. That's tied for second most in the NHL, and that's, for me, one of the bigger departures for this team from last year. Not only did it feel like at times the offense came easier for the Flames last year, and I think obviously it did knowing that you had the offensive talents of Gautreaux and Kachuk, but this team did a really good job last year of shutting down their opponent in key moments and whether they had a two goal lead, a one goal lead or a three goal lead, whatever it was, you knew or had a pretty good idea that come the third period, it wasn't going to disappear. And Tuesday was the perfect example of how not to do that two minutes in and the lead not only is down to one goal, but it's gone. And all of a sudden you're stressing you're gripping the stick a little bit tighter. We talked about that disallowed goal that could have made it 4-3 for St. Louis. That's something that's changed a lot. I don't know if we've talked about that enough. The defensive structure for this team when it comes to really shutting down in key moments hasn't been a strength of this group. And it's not one that you thought about much last year because obviously they were scoring at such a high rate. But I think it's an important one to remember. Now that comes down to defensive structure it comes down to goaltending. There's a lot of factors in there. I don't think it's one person that wears that blame for the Calgary Flames, but I think it's more of an indication that this team is still adjusting defensively to what Daryl Sutter wants to do, how the lines are going to work it. There's still defensive lapses for guys like Jonathan Huberto who are trying to figure things out. I'm not talking necessarily about the overtime Gas three on three is a little bit different, but just in general, when it comes to key moments for this team, the stats are are there to back it up that they haven't been very good this season. And that goes down to the other stat that comes up here is that they've been a pretty high scoring team. One of the top tops in the league when it comes to scoring 
first period goals. Come the third period, that offense has dried up. Now you could say that that's a result of a couple of different things. Do you feel that that's the group's tightening down in the third period? Whatever it is, that's led to the Flames being up in games, heading into the final 20 minutes, and finding a way some nights, more often than not, clearly, uh, to lose those games. And it's become a problem for this team. We'll see if it's a problem tonight. But uh, this is another opportunity to get some space between you and the St. Louis Blues when it comes to the NHL standings and all of this. Lou mentioned this in our chat to kick off hour one. It's never too early to start looking at the standings and look where you sit in comparison to other teams. Divisional games will obviously take precedence when we start talking about four-pointers and these games down the stretch. But, you know, both the Calgary Flames and the St. Louis Blues entered tonight with 42 games played. The Blues, by points percentage, trail the Calgary Flames. Uh, and in just general straight-up points, Flames at 47, Blues at 45. So if you want to take solace in anything that the overtime losses have given the Calgary Flames uh, a bit of breathing room and all of that, that's probably the main area. But yeah, if you're the Flames, an opportunity to get up four points on a team that's chasing you down for one of those wild card spots that doesn't have games in hand at this point, this is a huge opportunity to do that, and I think a bounce back from Tuesday would go a long way for this team confidence-wise as this road trip continues. Still two more games after tonight to go for the Calgary Flames. We have an afternoon affair coming up on Saturday against the Dallas Stars. Don't look now. That's a team on top of the Central Division. Uh, I don't know how many people had pegged Dallas as the top team in the Central they're tied with uh, Las Vegas and C- and uh, Los Angeles, excuse me, uh, for tops in the Western Conference right now. So you don't get uh, a day off by any means Saturday afternoon. And then you'll take on the Nashville Predators, who, oh, look, uh, behind you in the standings when it comes to the wildcard race, have a couple games in hand. And those points are going to be incredibly important over the next three games for the Calgary Flames. One more time in case you missed it. No lineup changes expected for Daryl Sutter's group tonight. That means Walker Dewar remains in. Jacob Pelche remains out. His NHL debut will have to wait. We're expecting Dan Vladar to get the start in net for the Calgary Flames. Thomas Grice will go for the St. Louis Blues in place of Jordan Bennington. We'll take a break, come back, kick off Hour 2 with a chat with Adnan Verk, MLB Network, NHL Network, the Cinephile Podcast. And uh, we'll take another look at the St. Louis Blues uh, from uh, a look at the opponent's side of things heading into tonight's matchup against the Flames. All of that coming up as we kick off Hour 2 here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.